Welcome to the Twilight Conversations. My name is Jimmy, and in this podcast, I'll be exploring human relationships, human potential, and that curious space between the dark and the light. So, hello, and welcome to episode 52 of day two of the Twilight Conversations. It's with a kind of a heavy heart because we lost one of the greats recently in Christy Dignam. Wow, what, what can you say? There's been, you know, been so many tributes to Christy. I think the whole nation and outside of Ireland has embraced him and took him into their hearts. One, because of his musical talent, his charisma, he's an attractive, intelligent, sexy man with a, a lovely way about him, you know. But part of that is he'll tell you he's no angel and if you know him, he isn't or whatever, you know. That's it, there's no hiding there. That's one of the lovely, uh, that lovely imperfection that we have as human beings. I don't think he went out of his way to pretend that wasn't there. Um, but really, really talented, as are all the band, and I'm sure they're grieving hugely. They they've they all wrote the songs together, and but uh, what a front man to have, you know, what a character. And I think um, perhaps uh, people that maybe didn't know the music that well, but you know, if you're in Dublin, you could not know Aslan's music, you know, um, grew to, to, to fall in love with him when he was doing his interviews on the late, late and so on. And, and he wasn't well and talking about that later on and, and his life. I think people were very drawn to him, very attractive person, easy to listen to, beautiful singing voice, uh, great storyteller, um, for sure. I was just watching that, I'm sure most of you did, you know, living with Lucy, where Lucy stays over that, the, the repeat of that. Um, so, you know, obviously thoughts and, our hearts go out to, I think it's Catherine and Kira, and all his friends and loved ones and everyone, you know, huge loss in Finglas, Ballymun, Dublin, Ireland, the world, you know. We we did get to meet a couple of times very briefly over the years, not as often as I would like to have, and it was usually with other people, you know, mutual friends. I would love to have had him on the podcast, actually. Uh, I think that would have been a lovely interview, but uh, he was starting to get on well, and Everyone was asking him to do stuff and he was tired, so I thought, no, leave him be, you know, but would have, you know, uh, yeah, I bumped into him in the ball back in the 80s because of the big Ballymun Fingless connection and a couple of lads are from Ballymun, you know, and at different times, you know, always too brief, so that's a great loss that I didn't get to know the man better yeah, in person, but look, hey, I'm not complaining, you know, uh, what, what the legacy has left us, you know, Uh Still a bit of shock, even though we knew it was going to happen. That always happens, doesn't it? Because we all knew, God, he's not, you know, he, he has cancer and these other complications around the cancer. And, uh, and then the word was, he's, he's in palliative care, you know, and, and we knew what that meant. But somewhere, you know, Chris, he's not going to die, but of course, you know, he did. What a send off and that, that'll, that'll go on. And uh, he certainly is with us, definitely, in our hearts and souls, uh, for sure, for sure. I was listening to Aslan this morning and I listened to them anyway, you know, but I was listening to them and uh, the brilliant songwriting from all the band. I'm sure they're, they're all good at and heartbroken as family, friends, loved ones. Uh, yeah, the nation is mourning, isn't it? You know, we, uh, you know, it's, he's a true national treasure, as they say, you know, it's very sad. Yeah, but God, what a, the gifts he's left us and that fabulous voice and those lovely stories that he told and those that his amazing way of communicating and uh, brilliant singing voice and all of that. So it's kind of a bittersweet because there's such beauty there. And as it happens, the, today's subject on my podcast is sensuality, sexuality, 
intimacy and love. Da, there you go. I'm going to take on that one. Um, and so much of what Aslam were about, really, regardless, because to me, you know, though I'll, I'll break those four those topics down a little bit. They're all inter interwoven with each other. But you know, sexuality, uh, intimacy is not necessarily just about the act of making love. You know, fucking whatever you want to call it, making love, banging all the different phrases you might use. That actual act, it's just a small part of it for me. It's just, it's an attitude to life. It's through music. It's the way you walk, talk and move, you know, and that band's music. And Christy was very sexy and charismatic and the way he even moved. Band looked great. You know, that's what it's all about. And, 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 you know, you couldn't pick out such great songs but in terms of keeping with what this podcast is about i was thinking of um i think it's from can't think of this just my age i can't think of the song you all know the song well when i say the lyrics this is i'm here with you only you no one moves like you no one touches like you only you no one moves like you that's beautiful isn't it? about movement and touch and the uniqueness of somebody and that band and the right and christy had a way of just you know when you listen to uh, very talented bands and musicians and songwriters where you feel they're speaking to you. You know, it's like, yeah, that's, so that was there. So, Christy, we'll be thinking of you for sure and feeling about you. You're, you're in our hearts. Absolutely. Uh, okay. Um, it's a big one, isn't it? Um, what a great name for the band as well, Aslan. I remember when I first heard that back in the mid-80s and I was a fan of C.S. Lewis, The Lion, The Witch and The Wardrobe. Loved those stories. And of course, Aslan was the lion from Narnia, from that story. And I thought already that was a mystical name. And I thought there's something about these these guys, you know. And it, there was and is, of course, great choice of name as well. You know, Aslan, the kind of could represent Christ, God, whatever it may mean. That kind of pure, powerful lion, you know. That was at the heart of Aslan, the band. So I'm going to talk to you a bit about it a bear. But a white sensuality, sexuality, intimacy, and overall love, you know, because I love to talk about everything that's about love, really. Jimmy, you can't just throw everything about love. I can and I will, because it all is. <laughs> it is really, isn't it, when you think about it. As part of this, I'll break it down as I go along. There's quite a lot of elements. There'll be a lot of, a lot of female musicians actually here, which I'm delighted about who are very pioneers in, in, you know, singing about erotica and sex and sensuality and love and brave women from back in the 70s that went right out there, you know, um, and on all different kinds of musicians. I'll be, and uh, as I said, just there, Aslan as well. But I'm, I'm again, I'm reiterating, I really want to view uh, sexuality, sensuality, intimacy and love as an attitude, a way of being in the world. And, and yeah, that can break down into actions and there's more subtle nuances to that and I'll talk about that. So they're separate words, but they're all interlinked. So let's take sensuality for starters. The clue is in the name, isn't it? It's the senses, it's to feel, it's to kind of be in touch with. It's a very bodily, uh, it can be part of sex, but it doesn't have to be in sex. It can be in anywhere. You can move sensually, you know. It's, it's to be able to feel the subtleties and sense things kind of deeply in your body and in touch, you know, sensuality, you know, it's a, it's got that, for some reason has a flowy movement to it for me, sensual, it's a soft, lovely soft movement, you know, when I hear that, that's what comes up inside me, kind of a softness, a flow, it's not your hardcore 
fucking someone against the wall and lashing them over. Not that I ever do that. But you know what I mean? Nothing wrong with that. But you know what I mean? I mean, I'm sure that could be sensual as well, but it's a bit of a slower for me. It has a lovely slow feeling to whatever we do in life, you know, and very present, poignant kind of feel. Again, this is just my interpretation. You may feel it differently. Um, sexuality, you know, it's not necessarily about gender, I don't think, but, uh, you know, it isn't sex male, female, all that type of stuff. Is literally we are sexual beings, whether we engage in the act of sex or not. We are sexual beings, so sexuality moves through us in terms of feelings of arousal, uh, erotica, love, desire, uh, lust, you know, um, all of that, all of that kind of energy. You know, there's a sexual energy, so sexuality. So sexuality isn't about the act of doing something, you know. Um, I hate prescriptive sex, you know. You do this, this, or this. He has great moves. It's like, nah. Do you know what I mean? Once you're into that kind of stuff, no. <laughs> bit mechanical. Hang on, I'll take out my, uh, could you just move over that way a bit? It just says here. <laughs> you remember those old books, The Joy of Sex and all that. The diagram, no love, you'll have to move around a little bit. Ah, my fucking head's on the mantelpiece. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's very spontaneous. Now, there's nothing wrong with planning, don't get me wrong. Of course, planning can be beautiful, it can be part of a sensuality, it can be part of sexuality. But, you know, I suppose sexuality is how we express our love. So it's a, it's a, another lovely way to express our love. Uh, and, and you know, there's a, there may be a gender element to that. I may express that if I'm uh, heterosexual in that way, or if I'm gay in that way, or if I'm somewhere in between, or if I'm fluid, whatever people may be. It's the way we express that. And again, that would be sensuality would kind of fold into that, wouldn't it? You know, as I say, intimacy. Now, we know there can be sex without intimacy, which is fucking awful, in my opinion, because intimacy is where it's at, isn't it? You know, they used to have that thing, into me, see. You get that in all the treatment centres. Like, it, it was good, but it got a bit corny after a while, you know. Do you know what intimacy is? Intimacy, you know. But if, think about it, though. It's a beautiful thing, isn't it? To be seen, you'll hear me talk about that. You know, a lovely description I heard for intimacy was a closeness without fear. Wow, I love that. So to be able to be free, to be close, you know, and, and, and that may be with a friend, maybe with family members, maybe with colleagues, maybe with a lover, it doesn't, you know, to be close, intimate connection through music. You can be on your own, intimacy with yourself, an intimate moment with yourself, you know. Um, I'll be getting on to self-pleasure and don't worry, oh no, Jimmy, don't go there. I am and I will, um, and we'll have fun with that, because uh, it's cool, we got to, you know, um, Anna from Mr. God, This Is Anna, that's a book you might have heard me quote a few times, one of my favourites, along with John Limson Siegel. Anna said, you have to take the capital S off sex and put an ordinary little S on it. How about that insight from a six-year-old? She was six in the book. Now, I don't know if she really existed or not, but in my fantasy, that book really happened. Um, and maybe it did, or parts of it. Because she loved, she where the, the area of London she was in, uh, there was a lot of sex workers there, and her favourite person was one of the sex workers, and she thought she was the most beautiful being in the world because she radiated such love. How gorgeous is that, you know? Um, so looking at that, so I want to look at sex with an ordinary, it's not a big like, ooh, 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 it's kind of naughty. I mean, there's good naughty where you're having fun, but you know where it's, you feel it's naughty, bad, wrong, guilty. 
I'll be getting into the Catholic Church in a little while. How can we have this conversation without the influence culturally uh, or religiously on, on, on Ireland? It's been enormous, hasn't it? We know that. And look, disclaimer before I go any further, there are men and women of faith in the Catholic Church, priests, nuns, who are wonderful and open and don't engage in any oppressive behavior or any of that stuff, just to say that. Okay, so I suppose while I'm there, I've introduced that part. So there's many layers to this. There's many ways to come from this, come at this, excuse the pun. <laughs> but um, there are, and there are many ways to come. Um, C-U-M. I love the way they're doing it. C-U-M. C-U-M. I remember first as a teenager seeing that and thinking, God, that's really cool and racy. You know, <laughs> so in some magazine or something, because there was no, you couldn't access porn really then back in the 70s. It was a magazine that someone who worked on the boats got from Belgium or something and passed on. It was all overused. You use your imagination that one. And you happen to get about 20 of us sitting around and kind of, or pretending we knew what a, what a fanny looked like. Yeah. Kind of going, kind of, is that one? <laughs> My God. <laughs> What's that? You know, and I'm pretending as, as young boys do, you know, that we were all blasé about it, you know. And I, I, the rest of them were all thinking the same as well. You have it upside down, Jimmy. Oh, it's that way. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I knew it. I just wanted to see it from that angle, you know, just get every angle from it. Um, so our culture, and, and I know it's changed, but particularly when I grew up 60s, 70s, but I think it's still, there's still uh, residue from the Catholic oppression. It was dark, wasn't it? You know, there was certainly what I'm calling, I'm using the word, it's a bit of a, a therapy word, a split, like a psychology word, a split, skits, that type of thing. And I reckon the split happens from kind of the neck downwards. So the the general thing in, in kind of, now I'm not saying all Catholics like this, I've made that, all uh, Christian teachings are this way, but there's a tendency to be like that you pray and you look upwards to the heavens. Beautiful, right? And somehow the message is that anything that happens below that, and the further down you go, the more into shame territory you're going, right? Uh, you kind of, there's a cutoff point. There's a cutoff from that. There's not an integration, right? So in terms of, you know, uh, God is in the clouds and it's fluffy and beautiful and you have little la, 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 choirs. And I love that. I think that's beautiful. You know, and sunsets and sunrises. Think of the places we think of spiritual or where God is, you know. Um, or in the mountains, all these wonderful places, you know, that we associate with spirituality or, uh, you know, a, a baby smiling or those lovely and all very real, all gentle things, right? And they're very kind of cerebral. We might get a bit of a feeling about them, but we've got a lot of other sensations going on. And the whole sinning thing, the Jezebel, the da-da-da, you know, and the difference between men and women, it was kind of okay for men. We were kind of rogues if we did it, but women were sluts if they kind of fancied fucking a few people more. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Or being a little bit more um, initiating and, you know, like a woman asking. That happens a lot more now, and I think it's brilliant. I think it's a real sexy when a woman asks a man out now. It's got that lovely bit of courage and confidence to it, you know. Not that it often, often happens to me, it doesn't. But even if a woman didn't fancy you ever asked me, I'd say, yeah, just because I think you nailed it by just being so brave. I love it, you know, um, in, that, in that way. Again, you can, you can feel the split I'm talking about. And I think that can happen as well, whether you've been influenced by Christianity or, or the oppressive nature of the Catholic Church, that somehow this was wrong. You know, you could kind of, heart was okay because that was about love, but the, the further down you went, 
down south, if you go down south, and the nether regions, it's like, you know, shame, you know, somehow. And then the confusion, because it feels so fucking good. And like, how could something feel so good but be so wrong? So you got that confusion, a lot of dissonance going on, you know. Um, and it was only, you know, sex was only for procreation and, you know, with a woman lying there in the missionary position, not enjoying it at all, you know, and very functional, just to, to create a baby. And a beautiful thing that is too, to create a baby. Um, which, and I, I, I'm hoping it's changing, but I think it's still, there might be a bit of a stink if it's still around, I don't know. Um, I certainly in my teens as a kid, as a teen coming into that area of like, uh, starting to get really smell myself as I say and get a bit horny like all teenagers do and go, God, girls, it's looking great. I was fed the message that somehow, and it was all around, women didn't like sex. They knew we wanted it. They knew we wanted something that they had. And if you kind of behaved yourself, it was kind of a bit weaponized a little bit. If you, you got rewarded maybe with this, I know how far you could go for, what's the Americans, they got a first base, second base, you know. <laughs> um, that type of stuff, you know, fumbling about trying to touch your breast or something, not knowing how to do it, all uncomfortable and uh, shameful and lacking knowledge and awareness, all the type of stuff. But somehow the the message was this woman or young, you know, this teenager who was in the dance hall with was doing me a favor by dancing with me, allowing me to kiss her and kind of push up a little bit close, you know. But there was definitely a feeling we were doing something wrong. And again, that's quite, I know that's not just me. I feel obviously a lot of people have had that experience. And a lot of confusion and a lot of misinformation around all of that, I think. You know, because then it got a bit confusing because get a bit later into the teens and then you think, oh, well, women do like this too. Don't they actually do, you know? And getting that confused, you know, that real ball of confusion that I liked that she liked it, but then I'm thinking, she must be a slut. I didn't really believe that, but that's what I was told because they, you're not mental like it. So a lot of confusion there around the whole thing. So you see where I'm going with this? And, and you know, the more you liked it, the more you were sinning. So you had to kind of just do a little bit, get a little bit of pleasure, but, you know, but not too much. And then you could say, oh, I'm really, really sorry. And if you went to church, you could pray or whatever and go to confession. And blah, blah, blah. So some people did, you know. Or some people we just repress it and don't think about it and just fumble along and hope it all comes good at some point. The kind of messages, the information I was getting, a lot of young boys, teenagers were getting, certainly back in the 70s, was that this was a really confusing thing and um, it felt really, really good, but it was kind of dirty and naughty. It was bad, it was sinful, but everybody wants to do it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And everybody did it in secret somewhere and everybody lied about it. It was a kind of a mystery around it, you know, what is it, you know. And sex education wasn't that helpful if you got any because it was very functional and it made it not fun at all, you know. So you ended up watching stuff on the telly or getting those horny mags that someone would get as I said, and I could try and get some information, you know. What is this, you know. Uh, I hope you found some kind of compassionate woman who would talk to you, you know, uh, and, and, and educate you about or whatever, you know. Um, which thankfully, you know, that's what has to happen, you know. I got my teens. I was like, oh, I see. You like this. Aha, uh -huh. this, this is good, but I am a little bit scared and intimidated, but I ain't going away. 
I'll stay. I'll learn. You know, um, I suppose yeah, I think I joked about the the graduate, the Mrs. Robinson experience. We all have our Mrs. Robin Robinson experiences. So I had one of them as well, which was fucking fantastic. Thank you, forever grateful. You know, beautiful, kind, loving woman. Anyway, um, and I think it's lovely that that can happen. You know, it's very, very, uh, you know. Uh, touching experience literally and, and metaphorically so you get where i'm coming from and and i think for women there they were fed the same thing that some i think it probably was worse for women because they also had the, uh, uh, bodies like males that were stimulated and, and had erogenous zones and had all these sensations and lovely feelings and and were taught to not love or th this wasn't a good thing basically i'll break it down this was not good even though it felt beautiful. So somehow you were meant to repress it, push it down, pretend you didn't have it, not engage in it, not indulge in it, right? So everyone's been fed this message, you know, and I think women have been fed a harsher message. And if you feel any kind of pleasure at all, you are one fucking Jezebel, you're going further down to hell than the guys. They kind of need to, yeah, just that weird fucking thing, you know? Ah, uh, you know, boys will be boys, you know what they're like? You know what they're like? you have to give them their way you know and that was the kind of feeling i always got that they were like doing you a solid doing you a favor oh, you're a fella you have to do that like you know? I'll, I'll kind of do it for you oh goodness you know <laughs> whatever the it is you know give you a kiss or a fucking hand job or whatever the hell it might have been you know there you go thanks <laughs> wasn't sensual wasn't pleasurable wasn't loving wasn't intimate wasn't comfortable didn't feel safe it was awful but you know of course, wouldn't have been helped by for a lot of teenagers with alcohol and various drugs. So this is my theme: that sexuality and 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 sex and of some intimacy. So and I didn't realize intimacy because somehow it got mixed up. But it have to be with sex. So I didn't realize intimacy could be with a friend. It could be sharing something together, watching something together. It could be intimate on my own, reading a book or listening to a piece of music it was an intimate experience. You know, bringing another human being into it all the better. And back to the communication stuff I've been talking about recently, that's where the intimacy is, in, in sharing, connecting. That's where it was. And then at some point when I began to realize that that not only the act of sex, but my sexuality, sensuality was part of expression. It was a communication. And I thought, ah, it started to click into place. Many awkward moments, many rejections and humiliations and awfulness and but as time went on, as you do with just pure practice of life, you go, oh, okay, starts to flow a little bit more. And flow is an important word. So, oh, this is a whole, this is just, this is bigger than just having something here that you do this with and that with, and then walk away feeling really, really bad and never talk to each other again, or feel embarrassed next day in school. Hello? Or sending over a note and not getting one back. Do you still like me? <laughs> you know? A lot of fear and confusion, you know? So I don't know whether I need to stay on that much more. I think we all know if we grew up in Ireland, uh, and I think it's the same in a lot of other countries, that whole mixed up, sinful, bad, wrong, the lower half, kind of particularly. So it creates kind of a split, a body-mind split, if you like. You know, that somehow spirituality was in your mind, God was in your mind, and higher, the higher self, not down in the base chakra, down in your hips, down in your groin, you know, in your body, in your gut, you know, which is absolutely erogenous and sexy. Your whole body is involved in the process, your whole energy and movement, you know. It's a whole communication now. It's a way of speaking. It's a way of relating now, you know. So then 
as Anna says, the S becomes a small s. So then if you're communicating and relating and expressing, if that happens to be in a, in a consenting adult and it moves into more contact and touching, Ashley Montague, touching, beautiful book. Um, it's a follow-on. It's not something we are now going to do this. It's part of the expression. And yes, there's an agreement with adults, of course, and communication, how that happens, but it's a continuation of something. That's where the sensuality comes. And the more relaxed and free you are in yourself and the residues of shame are just not hanging around and getting in your way. Um, and old ego shit, like, I wonder how I'm going to perform. All that stuff, that all the crap that men are filled with, you know. Um, you're open to very beautiful experiences. And if you're sharing and you've talked a lot and connected the way we see it is the performance doesn't matter. If you've shared with a human being deeply and enjoyed their company and laughed and became vulnerable with them, the sex is always going to be great. It doesn't matter about who orgasms, when, where, blah, 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 blah. That can be good to have, you know. Um, there's going to be quite a few Seinfeld references. I pretty you. I'm just thinking of orgasms, the one where <laughs> Elaine says to <laughs> To, they, Elaine and Jerry used to go out but they became friends right and I'll come back to that as well friends with benefits how, how that doesn't work or can work but uh, they, they get on they have re other relationships but they're friends and they hang out for them hang out but uh, the idea of faking orgasms came up and they're just sitting in the cafe talking to four of them and Jerry's kind of going well does that really happen that doesn't happen you know and she says I did and he said what and he, he was recalling all the times they were together and she was like, fake, 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 fake. Now she could have been winding up as guys will never know, right? Um, but it, it brought that whole thing up and how important is that and what you owe me. Uh, for guys, is it an ego thing? I blame men or come hard and fast, you know? Do you know, does it become about that or does it become about wanting to genuinely in a loving way please the other and, and then maybe not really worrying too much about that? So there's all of that end of it as well. A lot of ego comes in, a lot of insecurity, again, misinformation, a lot of self-centeredness, a lot of like, how do I look as opposed to trying to share with another human being? We're all unique, we're all different. Are we okay so far? You know, I can sense tension <laughs> If he's this early, if he's going there now, he said, come and orgasm. Where else can this go? <laughs> You're all right. You don't have to listen. You can turn it off. I, I'm not trying to be offensive or anything. I'm not trying to be lewd or anything like that. I, I think it's a beautiful subject. Um, and if it's, it's a beautiful form of human communication. We're relational. And I'll be playful with it and have a bit of a laugh. That's why you'll get Seinfeld references and so forth. You can see communication, trust, knowledge, awareness confidence and i don't mean ego i mean proper confidence being okay is hugely important in how we express our love or because they all it all comes under love because ways to express love how do we express love to a friend to a family member how do we do it we may hug we will talk we'll da -da -da -da. with someone else we may you know touch more intimately if there's a mutual attraction and awareness we may not we may just have friends where we hang out and our our expression is still we're always sexual beings, but we're not always going to be having sex. That's always there. And it's the idea that like, that's only there at sometimes. I think sexuality just flows through us all the time. It's there in the air. It's with us. It's a healthy thing. It doesn't mean anything other than we just are. Uh, but it's, it, then we might, that may focus a little bit on something and kind of go, oh, I like him horror. Da, 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 da. And, you know, and you're hoping then that's 
reciprocal and there's that whole dance and dance is important dance is a lovely analogy isn't it for for intimacy and sex and sexuality you know dancing to get you know, the movement you know mirroring all that kind of stuff and i'd love to know wouldn't you get a like wouldn't that be if you could bottle that moment when you know we've all had this someone's attracted to you but you don't know how you know and they know and you know and there's no tangible you know i mean there may be some obvious clues but there's another thing happens isn't there where you just i've had times in my life as a you know where, oh, i wonder oh i like her and i wonder and i haven't been sure but then there's been times like absolutely i know <laughs> do you know i'd love to know what that is and maybe it'd ruin it if you knew because i think you're just being yourself aren't you because it's not something you could practice being do you remember doing that as a teenager or i did it in my 20s if you kind of connected with someone sexually or they were attracted to you and you're out on a, a date or something, you know, and, and it went really, really well. And, and then you're wondering, what, what did I do there? <laughs> I think you lose it when you start doing that, you know, what was I, what was I wearing? <laughs> you know, and I, and I was this way and, and you know, of course the, the truth is for everyone, if I'm attracted to someone, they never know what it is I'm attracted to anyway. I think that's a beautiful thing, isn't it? We never know. And in a way, I never want to know. Just be yourself. And if someone digs you, they dig you. If not, if you start getting into what we call impression management, you know, trying to impress people, I don't think that's not necessarily a good thing, you know. Uh, in that sense, you know, yeah. Yeah, it's it's fine to find out what you think someone else likes and oh, I bought you this book because I know you, that's great. But be yourself because you can't control who's attracted to you and who isn't. They're gonna, they either are or they aren't. I think there's certain things you can do to detract people, to push them away. I don't think there's anything you do to attract people. They just are or they aren't. It's just a natural thing. It happens or it doesn't. You can relax into that then. Because I remember realizing yeah, at one point someone's attracted to me and I had no notion they were. And I was behaving in a way that I thought, no one's going to fancy me this way. And they did. So it's something else people go for. And if I find someone attractive or human beings attractive, I know they don't know what it is. It's a, it's a kind of a movement or it's a something about someone. I know it's a bit cliche, there's something about you. Or even friends that I like and find attractive, there's something about them. There's just a something about the way. I was talking about Chrissy Dickham, there's something about the way he moves, the way he talks, and the rest of the band, and everybody. There's something about everybody, isn't there? We're all included in this one. Right, will I do another Seinfeld? No, hang on a minute. Friends with benefits. I'll come back to that. So music, I'm going to talk a bit about the wonderful, she's also, hope maybe she's singing with Christy, wherever they are, right? The Amazing Donna Summer. Now, you may or may not know her. If you're under 40, you may not know her, unless you've been introduced to her by someone. Donna Summer was black uh, recording artist, creative genius, I think, singer, songwriter, co-collaborator. Uh, she was mistakenly called the disco queen of the 70s. And that, that's, it's not bad to be called the disco queen, but the problem with that is she was so much more. She pioneered the whole electrical music thing. I'll get to that now in a minute. It'll be a lot about Donna Summer, right? But this woman was out there and she took huge risks in the way she wrote and what she wrote. So some of you will know if you're in around my age when I'm coming to here, right? Donna Summer, I think she co-wrote and collaborated on and sang so sexily, Love to Love You Baby. I think it was 1975. Yeah, it was. So I was 14 or 15, and I remember hearing that, right, on Radio Luxembourg. <laughs> That's what we used to listen to. 
and what made it got banned from from a lot of Christian kind of it was enormous right it's a beautiful sensual sexy tune if you don't know it but what what makes it stand out is you hear a deeply moaning and it's very clear it's very sexual you know oh you can hear these lovely groans in the background music's great and what she's saying love to love you baby what a beautiful thing I love to love you baby just that in itself is not a beautiful loving sensual thing you know isn't it fascinating like some people were banning that we'll ban that let's go and watch some violence <laughs> we can't have someone speaking about love and the beauty of the body and especially a woman and I've seen her performing it on telly and she's just amazing it was really brave and risky and she goes for it now for the more if uh if you're interested in Nonna Summer, there was a single version, which singles are usually about three minutes, but there's a 17-minute version if you're feeling very uh, energetic, you know, and she goes for it. And it's beautiful, and it's so tasteful. Another pun, excuse that one, but it really is. It's not done in... Do you remember, like, Jatain was out? That was kind of nice. Uh, what was his name again? Jean-Louis Gamor, do you know? Um, uh, Gaspar, Gatsper. That was the one in the dance hall. When I was full of Ben and and, and Mary Celeste. All oh, right, love, do you want to get up? Your time is on. Something's going to happen here. I feel a tingle. <laughs> Never would. It was kind of nice, but it was a little bit corny. Donna Summers loved to love you, baby. You know, and if you love music, and again, music and sexuality and sensuality are not separate, but just musically, it's superb. Beautiful. Um. So she got dubbed with this disco thing, but she was experimenting with music, you know. And Love to Love You, got, she got a lot of stick for it. She got, you know, how could this woman be indulging in these groans? Like she was admitting she liked this and she was openly saying, you know, I want to make love with you and it's beautiful and I love to love you, right? In 1975, coming out the airways, people were like, oh, oh my God, but secretly turning on knocking one out, you know. Um, fuck. Many teenagers did then, I can assure you, <laughs> um, for that one, of course. But beautiful. And she was very troubled as well as artists often are. I was watching, there was a lovely documentary on Sky Arts about her. It's about three hours long. For complex person, you know, difficulty in relationships, exploited in the music scene, you know, the usual. She had to fight her cause, a lot of that stuff. And then you'll also know her. She got five Grammys, actually, in her life. She was in, sold enormous amounts of records just from that alone. That was a difficult record to make and it didn't kind of happen quickly. It was over years it became, she'd written it ages ago or whoever wrote it with her or whatever. But the other one you'll all know, and this is where again another, there's no no harm that the gay community took to her. She was a gay icon, particularly. She got into the, you know, the whole electric, electro pop sound, you know, that kind of uh, electro dance stuff. Back in the 60s, 70s, there was millions, but you had bands like Kraftwerk, you know, and Bowie was in on that with, with albums like Low, and, and it was the whole Berlin sound in the mid-70s, 80s. I wasn't really mad about it, I loved Bowie, of course, but I was like more into like the kind of bluesy Jimi Hendrix guitar and stuff, and that type, to Lizzie and them. But there was something also about this, and I grew to like it more later on, you know, and because Bowie was into it, I kind of thought, okay, if he's doing it, I'll listen in. Because he was experimenting, you know, Brian Eno, Roxy Music, I love Roxy Music, that type of sound. Um, even later on, people like the Pet Shop Boys and all, they all mimicked that stuff. Well, Donna Summer was right at the heart of that, and she created the sound 
on a song called I Feel Love and that became a disco anthem but particularly a gay anthem but particularly a kind of electro pop anthem and she just used this uh, Moog synthesizer and drums so ding 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 you know it you know the song ding 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 it's fucking it's a it's really riveting kind of a sound and again beautifully sensual lusty you know same again but you could dance to it all day it's that type of song you know she pioneered that sound it was like it took the world by storm it was a whole different sound so this black disco artist was doing this kind of avant-garde type of european kind of electric sound you know that's fucking great I mean, i'm just listening to it now in the back of my mind i'm gonna listen to it again afterwards uh so why i'm saying spending a lot of time with Donna Stone one she was a really courageous woman to come out with that with stuff like that and to express and to be different and new and it gave people huge permission because while we were being repressed and told you can't have this, here's this woman kind of going, oh, yes, you can. <laughs> you know, So it's going to come out somewhere. We're going to hear it. And it's like, oh, okay, there's permission. you know. So she was extraordinary. She had huge hits. But they were the two that were really uh, deep, passionate, lusty, sensual, great songs, great dance songs, great music. Everything about them was good. Love to love you, baby. And I feel love. I feel love was the lyric. I feel so good, so good, so oh, it's so good. I feel love again. Very simple. She's just celebrating love and the body, the pleasures of the body, you know, which you were dare, dare you do that, you know. You'd be shot straight to hell. Mm. So she was a brilliant, and she died of lung cancer, actually. But when did she die? Do I have that written down? I don't think I do. Probably back in 2000 sometime. Yeah, I think she was about 70 odd. Yeah, but she'd huge hand. I think a troubled old life, but look, she left a legacy indeed, as did Christy. Uh, yeah, she revolutionized kind of electric dance music. 1977, that came out. Yeah, I love to love you. I have just a couple of notes I made, just checking that I got the right information there. Gay icon, yeah, it said that. Electrical, mechanical sound, new wave, synth pop, hip hop, then became EDM. You know, the whole Berlin, I said all that. Experimental art music. Even the likes of the Beach Boys, or Pet Sounds, Beatles, Kraftwerk, Bowie, Pink Floyd again, bands like Yes, Emerson, Lake and Palmer, all really developed in and around that Tangerine Dream. There's loads, Can, as I said, Eno and Roxy Music, that type of stuff. Beautiful. And then you had artists like, again, my beloved Bowie uh, and T-Rex, Mark Boland, two beautiful, sexy men. Like, like they, they gave so-called straight guys like me permission to kind of fancy guys because they had that androgynous kind of thing going on. Mark Bowen was beautiful as was Bowie right up to the end, you know, and all this, you know. So you had, say, the, one of the classic uh, Mark Bowen hits, you had a string of hits in the 70s with T-Rex, um, Get It On, You Dirty Sweet, Oh Yeah. And I remember listening to that, that was out about 72 or 3, so I'd have only been 12. But I remember feeling how sexy that was, but I couldn't explain why it was. I just knew it was the way he sang it, it was the energy of it. But not tacky, not dirty, just really like, oh yeah, it kind of catches you in the throat, you know. Bowie the same with all of his songs and his movement, Rebel Rebel, you know, Hot Tramp, I Love You So. That kind of sexy, slightly naughty feel, but but not, not tacky in a carry-on style, but kind of like just a little bit left field a little bit like oh yeah there's something else going on you know it's it's actually okay to say hot tramp i love you so it's okay to say you're dirty sweet oh yeah and it's a good thing you get me so i'll be coming back to the word integration integrating the beautiful 
higher elements of spirituality, you know, the misty, cloudy, beautiful energy with cum, basically. I also say love juice, poo, scatological elements that all, you know, not separate. No, you know, everyone's got their own way of doing things, but they're not separate, is what I'm trying to say. If God lives in, in a beautiful sunset, well, then God lives in love juice. He, she made it. Correct me if I'm wrong. Call me old fashioned. <laughs> That's the way I see it. It's the integration of, yes, there'll be different focuses on that. You have to, you know, but we're, we either all are one or we're not. So it's the unity of the self, you know, integration, body, mind, and soul. That was Donna Summer. Do I need to say anything more about Donna? I think I gave her a good. Again, I can't describe to you how uh, instrumental she was in shaping the music world, women and sexuality being liberated, like the likes of Madonna and people at camp. They were all influenced by Donna Summer. She just opened the door to, to women being a bit more like, hang on a minute, I can own my sexuality here. I don't need to be around a man for this. You know, I can write, I can strut, I can do all of that. Shall we move on? Self-pleasure, masturbating, knocking one out, having a wank, whatever you want to call it, pleasuring yourself, touching yourself. I immediately think of the band, The Divinal, as I touch myself. Woman singing, I don't want anybody else when I think about you, I touch myself. What happens to you when I talk about that? Now, whether or not you pleasure yourself or not, you self-pleasure, I imagine you all do at some point. It's not about whether you do or you don't. It's about, again, as little Anna said, making it just part of life. It is. It's neither good nor bad. It feels good. You know, think of all the times and every teenage boy who's now an adult and maybe uh, every teenage girl who is now an adult. And I think, again, more difficult for girls because they certainly weren't meant to be doing it. I mean, when we realized we did it, there's no way they do. I remember being really like intrigued by the possibility. I remember thinking, do they? Oh, yeah. But it's kind of a bit weird. And, you know, then the correct information came in. So, all the times when you, you you pleasured yourself, but you kind of ruined it by feeling all guilty afterwards. <laughs> Self-loathing. Oh no, I hate myself. <laughs> that sound familiar to anybody out there? You know, this beautiful act, this beautiful thing, you know, that could relax you and make you feel good. And, and it was part of, well, you could fantasize and do all those lovely things that everybody does, you know. And you think you're the only one then, it like, I think I'm going to hell. I can't mention wanking or masturbation without Billy Connolly coming into the play. And I did on a podcast mention this before, the spider. <laughs> and one of the, as I said, the liberating things about Connolly, he made all this stuff. He's helped me hugely be able to talk about this stuff and other people and other things have as well. And he made it funny. He wasn't laughing at it. He was laughing through it. He was saying, you oh, come on, you know. And he just made wanking just so lovely and normal and funny and identifiable. You know, so he remember he said, I'll give you a tip if you're ever caught. And repeat myself, if you ever caught having a wank, he said, because, and I love what he said here, there are terribly nosy people who want to know what you're doing. And I love the way he frames it that way. Like, you know, you've got the right to have this wank, right? And what was it? He said, um, I was feeling, uh, I know to do. How did he word it again? I think I'll have a wee wank, he said. <laughs> Even the way he said that, it takes all the kind of shame out of it, doesn't it? I was strolling across the living room floor. Anyway, the whole gist of it is, so he, he said, obviously, you know, you have to find a private place. 
Um, it's not a spectator sport. Unless that's what you're into. That's a whole other thing. That's another podcast. Um, not my cup of tea, no. I don't mind one watching if I, if, if I want them to watch. That can be interesting. But uh, but you have to find somewhere, he said. And then, what was he started putting all the furniture up against the door? <laughs> so he said he was piling all this furniture against the door. He said, because there's incredibly nosy people who'd be knocking on the door. I can't seem to get in. Fuck off. It's furniture piling. Me new hobby. Now fuck off. You know, and then I think I said this before. So then that became the code for wanking. Where are you furniture piling? <laughs> and you gave that permission. But anyway, the spider comes out and it runs up the trail leg. And that's what he's explaining to the person. Just as you came in, he said, I was trying to get that spider off you. And he was whacking it out there, you know. So beautifully funny, you know. Uh, gave such permission, such ease, you know. So I would assume. Most people have, can, do, or will pleasure themselves at some point. And the older you are, the better. I don't think it should stop just because you're not a teenager anymore. And that's including women too. And there's all gadgets and devices now and uh, happy days. Good, good, good. Because again, we're not talking about hurting anyone. We're talking about feeling nice and good. It's love. It's all about love. So it's learning to kind of love, accept, explore your own body, appreciate that. You know, appreciate that. Appreciate the, appreciate the sensations and the, the pleasures and the love. You know, it's about being free. Yeah. It's becoming comfortable and secure and relaxed with another. You can do that by practicing yourself, so as to speak, you know. Uh, taking ownership of your own body and saying, yeah, this is it. I, this, is, this is me. I like this. I know my body. If you don't know it, how can you share that with another, you know? And, you know, letting go gradually of, of, of the guilt and the shame and explore more and feeling free. You know, it's all about feeling free. And again, I'm not here judging whether you do wank or whether you don't. It's not, not what I'm about at all. I'm saying it's a natural thing to pleasure ourselves, to feel uh, enjoyable sensations, to feel pleasure, and to pursue that in the safety of your own space where you're hurting nobody. What's not to love? There was a singer back in the 70s as well, really brave, by the name of Denise Williams. And in 1976, she has this gorgeous song called Free. And what's really brave about this song, she's flipping it around and she's taken the kind of quasi role of the male, where males were seen to be like, you know, we come in, we make love and we leave and we have all these other, you know, that type of thing. And go, oh, where's he gone, you know? That, you know, they, they wouldn't love you. They would just want to have sex with you. You're only after the one thing. That Remember all that type of talk, you know? I was used to confuse me. What? Um, oh, I know what you're after. Because then as I got a bit older, like, you don't want that too? You know, you don't, we not. If you don't want it, I don't want to be here then. Because it's got to be a mutual piece. Otherwise it doesn't work. But what she did in this song was she took the position of being a free woman who enjoyed lovemaking and didn't necessarily want to get too attached and didn't feel any shame about that and felt quite free about that. It's a lovely, lovely song as that happens. Anyway, here's a couple of lyrics. Songs called Free by Denise Williams from 1976. Teasing hands on his mind. Give our night such mystery. Happiness all the time. And ho oh, how the night pleases me. But I want to be free, free, free. I've just got to be me. Yeah, me, me, me. Feeling you close to me makes my senses smile. Let's not waste ecstasy, because I'll only be here for a while. And I've just got to be free, free. And I've just got to be me, me. So she's beautiful. She just wants to be her. 
you know i don't have to f make up a love story for us to enjoy each other you know that's what men always used to do wasn't it you know <laughs> kind of thing i just want to be able to say i really were adults i really like you i dig you let's spend some time together and um i remember that first experience where again i was in my early 20s where the woman got up and left you know without like oh you're going yeah oh okay i'm feeling quite vulnerable yeah you know it's the kind of zipping things up and grabbing bags okay uh, bye and that, that kind of humiliating feeling i think women have that all the time you know it's like right okay i get you uh yeah yeah um that's denise williams want to be free so guys it's a good thing and women who aren't allowing themselves to be free you want and need love and sex and pleasure in the very same way that men do. Well, you may express that differently, I mean, if you know what I mean, but your desire is just as big or as little. It's no better, no worse. And it's fucking wonderful, so embrace it is what I'm saying to you. And guys, if you can allow a woman to be that way, if you can be, you're in for a treat, you know? That's a whole other, you know? Because, you know, that whole thing, of guy, you know, the men, the part of the split would be, you know, not all men, I think we're evolving, and I hope we are. The idea when men, when they get married and stuff, you know, they'll kind of have sex with their wives. But I think affairs often happen is because there's things men want to do that they don't want to do with their wives or their partners because they've got that, that split going on, you know. I think a classic example of that was in the film Analyze This, where Robert De Niro was the kind of uh, the New York gangster head, head body, and he ended up in therapy with Billy Crystal. So they're dealing with all different things because he keeps having these breakdowns and they're dealing with all these different issues. And so he's dealing with like his goombas, you know, the way the, the, the Italian mafia has got the goomba. They're all the extra women they have and he visits sex workers and all that. And so he's talking a lot about that. So, and he says, but, but you love your wife. Of course I love my fucking wife. Yeah, yeah. So he said, so look, why don't you try some of the things you're doing there with the, these women do with your wife? Robert De Niro threw him a look. Are you fucking joking me? You fucking... That's the mouth that kisses my kids goodnight. You want me to do that with my wife? So you can see the split that goes on there. That somehow, and again, it might be a very Catholic-y type of thing, you know, where you want you want the your little woman there cooking and cleaning, you know, being dutiful, maybe a bit of a bang here and there, you know, but she can't be too aggressive in it, you know, type of thing. And then you go off and you find some crazy sexy woman. <laughs> Just mad sex. Where that kind of happens. And lots of in between then, you know, that. So there's a, a, a cutoff that happens that we can have both, you know, again, the integration, we can have both. We can, you know, I'm leading into friends with benefits now as well. Would you like me to go off masturbation for a while? But friends with benefits is hugely about the split. Will I come to that next? Should I come to that next? Oh, I'm calling on Dory Proven again. Dory, where are you? Um, I've used her a lot. In terms of describing that, split between the body and the mind or the good and the bad the dark and the light that we need to integrate in ourselves she has a wonderful song called morning star evening star and she describes it beautifully here's the lyrics of that when i was a child you know how children are i wanted to be like the morning star morning is so innocent trusting and fair with mother love and angels reflecting on your hair oh morning star how warm you are let me be like you then she says, as I grew up, the morning star faded into space. Then I saw the evening star standing in its place. I tried to turn away, terrified to find father love and demons entangled in my mind. 
but despite myself, I saw this other me. O oh, evening star, how cold you are. It's you I've come to be. So you can see the split there. So she goes on to say that, you know, that she thought they were different. And now she realizes they're one and the same, the morning star and the evening star. So she's got to integrate. So at the end, she says, I will, I will accept myself with hope and fear and wonder. And what I have joined together, let no one pull us under. So there's a whole integration process. There's distortions in our thinking and what these different parts of us mean. You know, we're human. We're human beings. We're flesh. We're flesh and bones and sinew. And, and we get horny and we poo and we pee and we come and we go. Men come and go a lot, don't they? You know, you with me? So it's owning all of that as something together. I'm neither good nor bad. I, I believe we're essentially in essence, good in the light triad, but we can have mixtures of different things going on, and it's okay. It's all right. That's Diaprevan, Morning Star, Evening Star. Now, here's a, another very brave woman, right? Paula Cole, song called Feeling Love. Ooh, and the way she sings it, you can hear the lust in her voice, you know, you can hear the kind of desire and the sensuality. It's like, and, but the pure freedom and openness. Here's what Paula has to say, and it's a great song too, in Fall in Love. Check out these lyrics. You make me feel like splendor in the grass. While we're rolling, damn skippy baby. You make me feel like the Amazons running between my thighs. You make me feel love, love, love. The Amazon running between my thighs. How gorgeous is that? How open, you know. And it's about love. It's about feeling love. You make me feel love. And you can make someone a cup of tea and love them that way as well. You know? Or go to the shops for them. Or or, or talk with someone. Or listen to this loads. It's different ways to express our love. But to come into this way. And for her to own that and say that and be proud. You know, just to sing it out. It's wonderful, isn't it? She's not on her own. You know, I know there's a lot of you listening. A lot of you women listening kind of going, oh yeah. A lot of guys kind of going, Paula who? What's that song? <laughs> Do you know? Um, slightly different to the Donna Summer experience, but again, later Donna Summer would have influenced Paula Cole and people that sang more openly about sexuality, about sex, about lust, you know. Um, I, another song by one of my favourites, Lucinda Williams, which I quoted way, way back, right in time, and she was interviewed and it's absolutely about lust. She actually, you know, I lie, on, I lie down on the bed and moan at the ceiling. Oh, my baby. It's called Right in Time. The way we move is right in time. It's a beautiful celebration of love again. Okay. I was going to go through all the kind of slang names for masturbate. Masturbating is a terrible word, isn't it? It's not terrible as in there's nothing wrong with it. Does it sound like masturbation? What does it sound like now? That doesn't, it's not on a matter peg. It doesn't, it doesn't. It's not befitting with what what's going on. Pleasuring, making love to the self. Wanking's not great. It's not a good word, is there? You know? All the different terms I often think about don't really do justice this beautiful thing that's happening. You know, this wonderful sensual act, you know. Pleasuring yourself is probably the best I can come up with at the moment. Answers on the postcard, please. Again, we do not, we are absolutely, for whatever from before now, we completely denounce this. We're very, very sorry, everybody, if this man has made you uncomfortable with the lurid sexual comments. Disgraceful. Absolutely disgraceful. As they go off and knock one out. 
There you go. <laughs> um, right. Okay. That's Story Previn. That's Paula. That's self-pleasure, masturbation. Take it or leave it, whatever you want. But if you feel good about it, enjoy. And if you don't, enjoy that. Enjoy not doing. Each to their own. Is that the way we'll go? Um, friends with benefits. We know this term, right? We know this term well. Listen, if you can do that, if you can get away with it, so to speak, what I mean by that is without feeling too uncomfortable or bad, if you can have someone, if you're an adult and you have a, you know, whatever, whether you're gay or not gay or you're heterosexual, whoever you have, someone you love or care about, but you're not in a relationship with, for whatever reason, you don't want a relationship, right? But you like the pleasure and you like their company. Knock yourself out all day. That's a wonderful thing. And if, if it works for you, and I'm sure it does work for some people, go for it. But I think there's a lot of complexities to it. I think you have to be very adult, very clear, kind of pretend you're not worried that they're actually with somebody else. <laughs> you know, Even if you don't want to, if you're not in love with them, I think it's just a hard thing for human beings to manage. Some people do it better than others. But let's look at how come the friends of benefits things is there. I think that's also partly to do with the split, right? That we can be friends, we're good as friends, everything's good. We can be lovers, and lovers find it hard to be friends. The two of them together, though, there's another bit in the middle, isn't there? Is that called romance? Is that called in love? Love, there's another piece that terrifies the shit out of us all. But we want it so badly. So we split it up and we do this and we'll, I'll have a friend and, I, you know, here and I'll maybe go off and, and have sex with someone there, but I won't have both of them. Or I'll have a friend sometimes who we can find a space where we'll kind of have sex, but we don't really, it's not too intimate and we don't have, and you know, all of that. There's lots of variations on that. But in a lighthearted way, I want to look at Seinfeld again. If you're not a Seinfeld fan, I mean, I mean it'll still work, but if you know Seinfeld and you don't, it's a bit dated now. It's back in the kind of 90s way ahead of his time then you know Larry David of course was the big writer Corby Enthusiasm brilliant uh, but they just touched on a couple of themes and it was the way they did it again like Conley they gave permission oh sorry before I go back to wanking back to masturbating a piece of genius writing in Seinfeld one episode that's called The Contest and what was fantastic about this was they did the whole thing on wanking without mentioning wanking or masturbating but you knew exactly what they were talking about but they weren't ashamed of it they did it by nudges and right so they have a contest to see who can hold out long long enough without having to please yourself or pleasure yourself it was so so funny and it all started with one of the funny characters george his mom caught him <laughs> <laughs> he's sitting in the cafe with Elaine with Jerry and with Kramer right there's the four that, that are there and he comes what's wrong with you my mother he said my mother caught me caught you what and he went you know I was alone oh and they all knew and they're all laughing and he's right and that happens so they just get the conversation going I think Jerry says you couldn't hold out anyway because he said that's it that's me I'm done with that now Jerry says to him you could never hold out George says right I think I could no, you couldn't. Do you want to make that interesting? Yeah. $100. Kramer, I'm in on that. Boom. Elaine says, I'm in on that as well. And the guys look at her, right? And this is where they do a bit of playful stuff around. We'll have to get odds with you. You're a woman. You can hold out for ages, which is a myth, right? But they were playing with that. So she has to put, she put, puts it extra, right? You know, so they were playing with the notion that women don't really play with themselves because they were saying, we're guys, we have to do it. So they were highlighting that piece and, and 
by her entering the contest, they were sending the message, absolutely not. You know, Elaine absolutely does too, as all women do. Most women. And it was just a very, very funny episode. And they made something very playful, very uh, digestible. Permission made you laugh, made you think about it yourself. I love when comedy does that. You know, it's such a delightful. I've watched that over and over again. It was very cleverly done. So if I recommend that, Seinfeld, there's loads of the contest. It got lots of stick. I got banned in a few places for that. People were up in arms about it. For what? Come on, you know? Uh, it was so good, so well done. And anyway, I won't tell you, I won't, no spoiler alert as to what happens. But uh, so that's okay, we'll, we'll move off that for the moment. And I was going to talk to you, yeah, the friends with benefits thing, the split. I suppose it's like in the, the next Seinfeld piece, as I said, Jerry and Elaine were an item, they were going out together. Then it didn't work out for them because they're both afraid to commit and they're afraid of the vulnerability. So they kind of morphed into friends and they hung out together and they both had their partners and that, you know, I don't think they were ever really okay deep down with it, but they had their own lovers and they hung out as friends and they were good friends to each other, in fairness. You know, they actually had great fun together, that group, that four, 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 some, so to speak. It's because they hung out together quite a lot, you know. And again, this was genius, the way it was written, the way they, they tried to manage or capture this this friends with benefits, what's what's really going on in between there, right? So they're sitting watching, uh, they're at, it's late at night, Jerry and Elaine are sitting there having drinking coffee and they're watching telly, they're flicking through and a little bit of porn comes on on the Naked Channel and they have a bit of a laugh and I think Jerry looks at her and she clicks in and Elaine says, what was that look? He says, what look? And they get into a conversation, right? So where they're sitting, so the, the, the bedroom's to the left, right? So that's the bedroom it will, is where sex is going to happen, obviously. Although I think it can happen anywhere. I'm always fascinated. But why do they always go to the bedroom? Do it there. A uh, little insight into me there. But um, so the, for this, for the sake of this story, the bedroom will be, sex will be that. So we got this, which is where they are now. This is the friendship. That is having sex. Right. So they start talking and like, you thinking what you know that kind of conversation? Oh yeah, yeah. And, and well, we could, you know. Are you talking about that? Jerry said. She says, yeah, that. But he said, but this is good, isn't it? This and this hand gestures for friendship. You know, this is good. She's like, this is very good, and that is good. That that in that's also good. So he said, the trick is we want to get this and that. That's what we want, and they're kind of deciding this is what they're going to do. But then they get into. Well, there have to be a few rules, won't there? Because we're friends, like, you know? Yes, sir, she said. She's way into it. Yep, there have to be rules. So, first rule, staying over, optional. Yes, they both get, because he said, sometimes when you do that, there's an obligation you feel you have to stay over. And then I think she comes up with, and sometimes you feel you have to call someone the next day. No calls the next day. Yes, that we're on. They're shaking hands on this contract. We have it here. Does sound familiar to anyone? We've all been here, right? Yeah, that sounds really, really good, you know? So anyway, they go, and I'm sure they have a great time. And But it starts to not work out. It starts, to, the, the, the real feelings start to come in. They get a bit uncomfortable and jealous and threatened. And I think Jerry's there, and he gets up to leave, and she's getting all fucking pissy about it. And he's going, are you okay? Yeah, wait, what's wrong? And she's getting angry. He said, but the, but the rule, staying over optional. Well, go if you have to go, you know. So it breaks down, basically, right? And they have a conversation. Here's the beautiful line that came out. And Elaine says to him, and, and Jerry agrees. She says, I want this 
and the and the other. So what's the the other's the one, isn't it? The other is that romance, is that love, is that commitment, is that more intimacy, that is that the bit we're afraid of more? Because we can all do this and that, right? Hands up if you've done this and that effortlessly. You combined a bit of this and that. But you really want the other? I think there's probably quite a few you want the other. You may be in the other and good luck if you are. This, that and the other. What a brilliant way. And um, I forget the name of that episode, but if you Googled that and you looked at, uh, maybe was it called The Deal? Maybe. Could be between them. So, so funny. Very, very good. Very good. Uh, so we all want the other, right? It's the sweet spiritual spot. That's again, I'm connecting spirituality and sexuality together. They integrate together, right? So when you're in whatever way you beautifully express yourself sexually, when you're in the throes of that, you know, when you're really deep in and it's sweating and beautiful and you're all happy, you're in the center of spirituality as far as I'm concerned. You're at, at union with God. I feel, no, you may not agree with me. This is the way I see it or feel it. So you get into the total surrender to the other, you let go into deep love, and real deep trust, beautiful experiences, you know. You can't talk about this stuff without Leonard Cohen, can you? Sexy Leonard Cohen. I mean, I saw him when he was like 80. He still looked adorable. You know? And that voice, my God, my God, you know. Um, he's got lovely lines like, take this longing from my tongue. All the useless things these hands have done. Untie from me your hard blue gown like you would do for one you love. Self-depreciating as he often was in his songs, you know. Uh, John Martin. Right? He's got that sexy husky. He's not with us anymore, nor is Leonard. They're all up there with Christy and, and Donna Summer looking kind of going, what's he talking about in the podcast? <sighs> He's giving us all the praise. But John Martin, uh, you know, fraught with difficulties, alcohol, drugs, but he has had this really sexy, slurry voice. Uh, but he had it whether he was drunk or not, but he happened to be drunk a lot as well. And husky and slurry and wow. Amazing voice, brilliant songwriter, pioneered a certain type of music. Doesn't get the credit he deserves as a musician, I don't think. Uh, fabulous guitarist and so forth. But he had a song called Couldn't Love You More. The way I interpret the song is, I, I mean, I, I love you so much. I adore you so much. It, it's impossible to love you more. What a beautiful, you know, I couldn't. You know, as opposed to, fuck off, I couldn't love you more. I don't think that's what the song is about. I think he's saying, I just, I couldn't, no matter what. Here's some of the beautiful lines. If you kiss the sun right out of the sky for me, if you told me all the lies I deserve, if you lay out all night in the rain for me, well, I couldn't love you more. I just couldn't love you more. If you gave me all the things I never asked of you, and you showed me all the ways that you cried, if you laid all night, out all night in the rain for me, I couldn't love you more. I just couldn't love you more. Now that combined with his passionate, sexy, husky, slurry voice, Ooh, my God. My God. That's John Martin. Again, that's John Martin and that's Leonard Cohen. And then there's Leonard Cohen. Also, ain't no cure for love. Again, I've, I've used this quite a few times, so I might repeat in podcast, but this song is totally appropriate to this podcast. And if you... If you're looking up that and you want to YouTube Leonard Cohen singing that, he does live versions and he does these fabulous intros. But there's one I remember seeing him live doing on this. And he was introducing the song and he was kind of going, you know, Jesus was on the cross and he was suffering terribly. 
and he called Peter. He said, Peter, come here. And Peter made his way up the hill, up to the cross. He said, come closer. I want to tell you something, Peter. And Peter came closer, and he said, he, he, he said to Peter, Peter, there ain't no cure for love. And then he broke into the song, whatever it was, you know. Now, listen to these lyrics. I'm aching for you, baby. I can't pretend I'm not. I need to feel you naked in your body and your thought. I've got you like a habit, babe. I'll never get enough. There ain't no cure. There ain't no cure. There ain't no cure for love. That's the other he's talking about, isn't it? That this, that's the other, you know. I think in it he says, well, I don't want that brother love. I want that other love. I don't want the sister love. I want the other. That other. The other. I'm staying with Leonard. There's a beautiful song, one of the later songs from um, 2001. Ten New Songs is the name of the album. That's a song called My Secret Life. It's beautiful. I mean, Leonard Cohen and sensuality are synonymous, aren't they? And the lines to this song go, he almost, you know, he talks, I saw you this morning. I saw you this morning. You were moving so fast. Can't seem to loosen my grip on the past. And I miss you so much. There's no end in sight. And we're still making love in my secret life. Go for it, Leonard, huh? There's no end in sight. And I miss you so much. And we're still making love in my secret life. It's lovely because, you know, he's playing with fantasy in the song, The Secret Life. Um, of maybe loving somebody from a distance or loving someone that you can't be open with to love or who knows. You know, I'm sure you're Leonard Cohen fans, some of you. So, sexuality, sensuality, intimacy. Intimacy is probably the most risky of them all because to have good lovemaking or good sensu- you know, expression of sensuality to be able to share involves intimacy, involves being close to another. And folks, ladies and gentlemen, no matter what way we do that, there's a risk. But as you've heard me say, it's a calculated risk because if you choose pretty good people, and we can make a little bit of a mistake, but if we're if they're good people, they're going to go, ah, I really hear you, but I don't really share that with you, but thanks for saying it. Your pride gets a little bit dinted, but it's dignified and you can move on. But usually people will share it with you. And that's that's an intimate thing. You know, it's that's been rejected intimately. But the intimacy is that kind of deeper layer where, you know, it may or may not involve sex. It will involve sensuality. It will involve love. But it's sharing. It's connecting, isn't it? And that's really what it's all about. That's really what I'm trying to describe, of integrating all this, of owning it, of each part being as important as the other, as the bottom half the base chakra being as important as the crown chakra and everything in between. Oh, I was, I was laughing. I was watching, um, you know, I was taking the piss out of the, the ad for Snickers, really marathon with the, uh, you know, where she, the miscommunication happens and the meaning was misunderstood and she thinks there's a, you know, they want to swap, right? I think it was, was it the last podcast, the one before? Oh yeah, we're going to do a swap, that one, right? So I was watching this other ad and it was such a contrast. You've probably seen it. It's a bit fucking annoying. So there's a guy sitting there and the bus, this bus stops. He pulls out a packet of Kyo's crisps and she's in the window smiling at him and she has Kyo's crisps and they're kind of laughing. <laughs> oh, look, I've got Kyo's crisps. And the woman just sitting ahead on the bus, she's got, and the three of them have. And I was thinking, now you'd have really got my attention had you kind of looked at each other and thought, you think what I'm thinking, when I should do Three some, you know, to keep up with the fucking Snickers ad. 
But no, they missed a chance there, do you think? Look out for that ad. It's so bland. It's like they're just laughing stupidly, you know? Like, what's the point, you know? Uh, what's the point? i probably drawn to a close. Have I mentioned anything I want to mention? Um, I have Trump written down for some reason. I don't know why that is. It's just a stupid con, basically. <laughs> That's basically it. Trump is a stupid con. No, just to... There is a theme, as you know, in all the communication stuff and well, most of the podcasts coming through, and this is no different. And I, I suppose what I was attempting to do, I don't know if I've achieved it, is to integrate um, sexuality, sensuality, intimacy, the act of sex, all of that lovemaking in with our whole beings, to give it the smallest, to let it be free, let it be flowing. Um, and I'm hoping it's more that way for us as, as human beings. So it's not, it's still sacred and reverent, but it's not like, ooh, you don't have to be, go quiet. We don't have to be, you know, it's it's not like something dirty. As Pink Floyd said, keep your dirty secrets deep inside, you know, that we can, I suppose the word I want to use is celebrate. Let's celebrate our bodies in the most open, playful, respectful, responsible adult consensual way i think the more we do that the less inclined we are to bother anybody i think when it's all repressed and dirty and underneath i think it comes out sideways and and you can get ugly scenes right if it's repressed the more it's owned and open you know that's where you'll often get that part of that split you'll get like um you know very pious people you know the kind of leagues of decency and like you know really judgmental and that you know but but they're all in burlesque houses later on and brothels and fucking down in basements getting lashed out you know chained up <laughs> yes hurt me more but they're on the pulpit that sunday you know giving out to people you get me you know um so if if anything i was aiming for integration and i wanted to be a bit playful with that and i wanted to quote great artists like donna summer who who paved the way especially for women you know, to be more open and accepting and embracing and welcome, welcoming of their own bodies. That's beautiful bodies and beautiful sensations. These sensations are amazing, aren't they? The same for us guys, you know, or guy on guy, whatever, or girl on girl, you know, whatever way that goes for you. It's an expression of love. If it's, if behind it all, your energy is with love, with the desire to feel good and bring goodness to the other, I don't see any problem. And we can try and communicate as clearly as we can as adults to communicate. My throat's a bit tricky. It has been all weekend. So I was staying quiet all weekend. I get that every so often. It's a number of things. I've said this before. It's, uh, I don't produce a lot of saliva because it got, got damaged and uh, it gets quite raw quite quickly. Saying that, I'm going to get some water because all my teeth has gone. Hold on. I'm, I'm hoping it'll pass and not break into a kind of a, a throat infection because the side of me Land is a bit sore. I'm hoping it'll pass. I'm lashing the vitamin C out of it and doing all that and honey. Um, because being self-employed is the dread of you know I'll have to contact people, clients. Oh, I can't you know, and then I don't. No one pays you for the week, and uh, it's lovely if you're salaried, you can sling a couple of days off, you know. But um, so I'm really hoping. Uh, I just don't want to be hit. Don't want to be ill anyway. That it will pass, you know. Um, take more vitamin C, more honey. I took a nice big gobule. Gobule, is that a word? Of honey before I, I came up. Just to say, as I often do, thank you everyone for the comments. Please rate. You know, you can. it's very easy to do on the, the 
on Spotify or whatever you listen to this on. And if you feel it's worth a five star, please do, because that does, it, it reaches out to more listeners, which could be fun. Um, please continue with your comments or thoughts, questions, feedback. Really, really appreciate it. Um, particularly because I'm talking a lot about communication and, and doing a podcast, especially when you're on your own, feels a bit one way. You know, and you're hoping you're energetically there's something coming back and I feel that there is. And as I said, I meet people and I get comments on the Twilight Conversations at gmail.com and com. Please, gmail.com. <laughs> Freudian slip on gmail.com. <laughs> um, so please don't, you know, don't be shy about doing that. Let me know. You know, it's, it's fine. I, I, you know, I'd appreciate every comment, and if I can, I'll always try and get back uh, to you. Or if you've got music suggestions around like that, you know, let me know. I, I want to dedicate the whole podcast to Christy. Um, he'd love that subject. I think he, I think he'd probably be similar. Uh, very free, open, sensual, sexual, intimate. I think he was all about that. Aslan are all about that. The lyrics are all about that. So, you know, let's keep him in mind, as I'm sure we will. If you want to contribute to the Patreon page, throwing a couple of quid price of a pot of tea every month, please do. Uh, the details are there, uh, the Patreon at gmail.com. I think it says at the end of the uh, podcast, so I might have to do a new one of them as it happens. Um, Anne O'Connell is slowly getting better and better. Looking forward to having her as a guest. She's not out of the woods yet. What was it she said to me? One step forward, two back. That you know, that real frustrating place. Uh, well, hopefully, the be two step forward, two step forward, and none steps back. She can get back in the game again, get our swagger on, as she says. Um, yes, I will leave you for now and be back to you next week. Uh, I have no idea what I'll do. It will follow on, and it may be based on what I hear people telling me. Uh, I may shift in that direction. So your feedback will be important because it might inform what I'll talk about. You know, it might be a direct request and I'll have a go at it um, and go from there. How's that sound to you? Thank you for indulging me um, on this interesting subject. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining me in the Twilight Conversations. If you'd like to get in contact with us regarding any aspect of the show, you can get in touch at twilightconversations at gmail.com So the Twilight Conversations is an independent project. We're not getting any help from anybody. No major corporations or anything like that. So if you like the content, if you like what you're hearing, please continue to support us via our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash the Twilight Conversations.